It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, we're the defective characters. Three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. Hello, I'm James. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship today. We'll be sharing about staying sober during the holidays in this episode 10 of the Defective Characters Podcast. Let's go. Happy uh, Thanksgiving week, guys. Happy turkey, turkey Day. day. Turkey yeah. day. Well, we gobble, got another gobble. week. We got one week until it's officially uh, Thanksgiving. It could be Thanksgiving week. Yeah. Yeah. Thanksgiving it could week. Be turkey right? every day. You could say gobble gobble to everybody and they'll think that, oh, maybe he's actually back to drinking. <laughs> <laughs> maybe something's going on. Uh, I thought uh, since we are a week away, if you're listening to this, it's Thanksgiving week for us. Uh, I figured it would be probably good to talk about staying sober during the holidays. Um, when I first got sober, they called it the Bermuda Triangle because it was Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's is when people would disappear from the rooms and they would go out because of whatever reason, whether it was early sobriety or not. Um, you know, if they hadn't made their amends or they were going through a tough time, sometimes that was enough to go out. And there's a lot of people... Uh, that are listening to this that might be struggling with something. And uh, I figured you two guys and uh, anything that I went through might be good to share with them. I wanted to start with you, Dennis, if it's okay, about uh, staying sober during the holidays and maybe some ways that you do it if there's tough things that uh, come up. Um, yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, for me, I'm, I'm kind of beneficial because like, my holidays are pretty consistent. You know, ever since I was a child, we go to the my aunt and uncle's house, and my family's there, and we're not a very dramatic family, so we don't have fights or anything like that. Um, one thing is is holidays these days in the last couple of years, I'm I am filled with like gratitude, and I'm grateful that I'm even there because a couple of years prior to that, when I was out drinking and then dry for a while, I didn't show up to Thanksgiving or Christmas or anything like because I was filled with anxiety and fear and all of that kind of stuff so when I show up I'm first off I'm grateful that I made it like I drove two hours and I didn't have a panic attack so like that alone I kind of ride that wave but then I also remember that like I'm not there for me I'm there for them I have like three nephews and two nieces and stuff so to me like our family get-togethers and our Christmas is, is for them. What was, the, what was the first holiday uh, season sober? Like, what was that like? Was it tough? Um, not really. I think it was as tough as anything was at that time. I was still filled with anxiety and worried. At that point, I wasn't really thinking about drinking. Um, but I think it was a lot of fear of the unknown. It's like doing 
everything for the first time again. You know, it was yeah. like my first Thanksgiving sober. So there was fear and worry there and stuff like that. Um, you know, my, I have family members that do drink and whatnot. So, like, I'm exposed to it, you know. And it, yeah. But it's just a reminder. I think if you're working your program and you get up in the morning and do the same thing that you did when it wasn't a holiday and keep, you know, realize that you do have a sponsor and other friends in the fellowship that you can reach out to that, you know, that's kind of comforting. Yeah. So maybe James has a a more triggering experience. Yeah, like how do, you, how do you stay sober? What was the first, uh, like, holidays sober? Or are they like, since Thanksgiving's a week, like uh, a week away at this point, you know, and you're leading into your holiday season. What was that like, and, and how do you deal? Man, um, it's kind of a, a tough question for me to answer because... As you know, I was in and out of the program for many years before anything really clicked for me. And um, the short answer was I, you know, if I was um, around people drinking and I had maybe a couple weeks sober, um, if I put myself around people who were drinking, I, I would inevitably drink. So the best thing for me was to stay away from it. Um, but I wasn't really working a program either. Um, so, you know, now that, you know, I have worked a program and things have changed for me, um, you know, I can be around alcohol anytime. Um, but I would have a couple of, um, suggestions, uh, for the newcomer, uh, just, um, you know, stay away from alcohol or, people drinking uh, in the first couple of months if it's if it's really a problem uh which it is obviously and um don't um put yourself in any situations where you'll be tempted yeah what how about your uh your first holidays i know you said there were several holidays it's inside and outside the program how about the first one the latest stint that you had the the first set of holidays what was that like staying away from alcohol when you actually were in the program and working the steps well my i moved up to celebration uh it was uh in july so um my it was right after so you were about six months six months clean at that point no a month Right, right. But into, into, say, November, that would have put you in five months. Correct, correct. So five months sober. um, I, um, well, it's it's funny because after a month living up here, I got a job um, at a restaurant. And um, they actually hired me to be a bartender because that's, I have a lot of skills doing that. Years and years of practice. So, um. You know, I, I went to my sponsor and I, I asked him, I was like, hey, I got a job as a bartender. What do you think? And he looked at me and he's like, well, good. Just don't drink. You know, mm-hmm. it was that simple. I asked another gentleman in the rooms. Um, I told him that I got a job and I asked him what do you think. He's like, no, don't do it. But luckily, you know, I, I went with my sponsor. I guess for him, he couldn't do it. But my sponsor, he had had, he'd worked in restaurants for 20 years as well. So he knew that it could be done. Um, through that, I was able to um, 
go through Thanksgiving. I worked on Thanksgiving. I worked on Christmas. I guess which was one of the helpful things for me because I was working. Um, I didn't, and I was around alcohol every day, and I I didn't even think about it. I didn't think about it because like inside, I, I truly was changed. Um, so, uh, I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah. Well, did, did you work? Like, say Thanksgiving, your first Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So this is probably Thanksgiving two years ago, right? Yes. So, so to, like, to the both of you, uh, did you hit meetings that day? Did you do – I know you do the, the normal things. We're lucky that it's pretty much six days a week no matter what outside of, you know, Christmas Day, which since the meeting we go to is in a church, sometimes they have to displace us. But there's always usually a meeting. So, like, that holiday, did you go to a meeting? Or Absolutely. because it was a holiday, did you not? I have I've maybe missed a week of meetings in two years. So that means I go to a meeting every single day. Holiday, <coughs> hurricane, raining, sunshining. I, I just always go because it's just part of my program. And I, I stay in the middle of it. Um, sometimes I don't feel like talking to people. Those are some of the times that someone needs to talk to me. So I always keep myself open, and I, I definitely get to a meeting. That's the first thing I always do. Well, the first thing I always do is pray, but meeting is right after that. Yeah, I definitely, like, my routine stays pretty much the same. Like, I would benefit because the meeting we go to is so early in the morning that it, it's literally like I wake up and I go to that meeting. So on Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, depending – on what's going on I get up and I go to the meeting then I come home you know get ready for the day and then go off and then actually I go to the night meeting as well so I think pretty much every Christmas and Thanksgiving the last two years I've been able to the timing just worked out to where I was able to have my normal everyday morning and then cap the day off after everything that happened that day at a meeting, yeah. you know, so my routine has pretty much stayed the same. It's just those hours in between, those 12 hours or however long it is, was different. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like I said before, I appreciate my family and getting to spend time with them. So it's been relatively a good day for me. Yeah. And I was never too far away from like my everyday routine. And I think routine is important, mm-hmm. and especially early in sobriety. Yeah, my uh, my first holiday that I was in the the program was basically uh, it was different because you, you guys the the meeting say your first Thanksgiving sober this time around was probably the same meetings that are our home group now. Yeah, mine I got sober in Burlington, Vermont, and I was I was scared shitless. We usually don't swear on this, but I was very very afraid. Because I knew that uh, the holidays coming up, usually my M.O. was any holiday, I would try to jam as much alcohol into my body as possible. And Thanksgiving, as much food as possible. Um, I was very proud, and still kind of am to this day, of uh, back in 2011... I weighed myself before Thanksgiving, and I weighed myself <laughs> Thanksgiving night, and I put on 14.2 pounds. What? And wow. that was, that was uh, liquid, and that was food. And I was very proud of myself that I did that. 
Um, <laughs> and still people say, how? And it's actually pretty easy because, you know, you pick up a beer and a beer has a bit of weight to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then you pick up a, a pie <coughs> and an apple pie weighs a good amount as well. Yeah. So just imagine a bunch of pies and a bunch of beers and you could very easily put on more than 10 pounds. What you needed was humble pie. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that, James. Uh, so <laughs> That's pretty good. Good crack of jokes. Uh, but, but in all seriousness, because that was my experience with, with Thanksgiving, leading into it, I was worried. And I was thankful that my home group had uh, something called an alcathon that they were doing, which is meetings every 90 minutes throughout the entire day and they did 90 minutes because there's a meeting after a meeting which we know usually people show up 30 minutes before that's the meeting before the meeting and then the meeting after the meeting is 30 minutes of people just hanging out so it would intersect and there would be different groups uh, so different meetings around the surrounding towns that would come in and they would have a chairperson so they would bring in their meeting. So people from their home group would know that at 10 a.m. on Thanksgiving, we're all going to be there. So they would be all at that location and they would kind of do that. And it would be a speaker meeting, big book, uh, 12 and 12. Uh, the Living Sober book, I will say, was something that I uh, held on to very tightly. Uh, you know, I'm surprised uh, that I don't still have the book in my hand because I grasped onto it so tightly. Um, because I didn't have a higher power and uh, the Living Silver book is something that if you're still trying to figure it out and you're new, I would guide you towards that because they have chapters in there uh, much the same as this topic about how to stay sober during the holidays, different techniques and things that I would actually pick up on because I can't um, expect my family and friends to stop drinking around the holidays, they're going to do what they're going to do. And it doesn't mean that they don't care about me. It just means that I need to probably be a little uh, less selfish thinking about me, 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 if I expect you to all of a sudden change. Because um, they didn't. They didn't, uh, you know, some of my family uh, was supportive. Uh, some of them weren't. Um, and the first year I picked up some heavy resentments against my in-laws because they said why the hell does mike have to go to a meeting it's thanksgiving why does he have to stop this and the same thing happened i, I you know we're, we're kind of talking about just the holidays in, in general so i know if you're listening to this right now you know you're thinking oh christmas is in a month you know new year's a month and, and change but um it happened on thanksgiving where that was the topic it happened on Christmas where it was like, why does he have to leave? And um, I'm, I'm grateful that I didn't open my mouth and say, how dare you judge my program and everything else? Because I wanted to. And I told my sponsor that. And I told my wife that in um, kind of, uh, I was going to say like secret. But I, I was like, don't tell your mother. But I am super pissed at her. Because how dare you judge my program and expect – I'm still – I'm like heated about it because I was so mad. And then a miracle happened. The next year on Christmas Day, she asked if she could come to a meeting with us. Wow. And 
Um, I know she is one of us. She drinks every day. She's going through her own stuff. But she wanted to go in support of me, not to like, oh, I'm an alcoholic too. She just wanted to be there. And something great happened. There was an alcathon going on Christmas Day. So I was, at that point, 15 months sober. And uh, I didn't get the rundown right. And we showed up at the tail end of a meeting and had to wait around for a full like hour at that point wow. to when there was another meeting. And she said, no, let's just hang out. So we were just hanging out and we had some food because the alcathons that they had, they had food, they had everything. For Thanksgiving, there were four turkeys that they just, people made turkeys and they brought ham and they just, we sat there and it was the, uh, it was the best thing ever, you know. I I think you're, in your story, you bring up a, a good point, even if it was inadvertently, is that especially like early on in sobriety, like your family and your friends and stuff, they're not going to understand it. You know, there's a lot of things in this life that we go through that if you never go through it, you don't understand it. And addiction and alcoholism is, is one of those things. And, but we got to remember that it's okay. You know, like your family might've known you for your whole life. Right. And their impression of you and, and who you are is based off of all the stuff that you've done in your life and if you're an active alcoholic or drug addict that's probably not a pretty good image that they have so like for you with your in-laws it took a couple of years for them to realize like no this is good for him he needs to do it even if they don't understand and i think early on in your first thanksgiving and christmas remember that like expect your family's not going to understand but that's okay that over time if you do what you need to do and keep doing the next right thing they will notice and they will come around you know and then your holidays and your relationship with your family would just keep getting better, you know. Mm-hmm. Or it might not. And you oh. got to accept that if it doesn't, uh, as long as you're getting better and yeah. you're thinking less about yourself. I really think it's that because I didn't even uh, – I didn't expect it. And when it happened, it was kind of like, whoa. Because I didn't even say, hey, does anybody want to come? You know, yeah. like how about you, Alki? You know, do you want oh, yeah. to come? You definitely None can't that. say that. No, yeah. <laughs> that's not, alcoholics don't like when you call them alkies. That's not uh Yeah, back when I was trying to get sober, uh, when I was living in Miami, um, I remember Thanksgiving holidays where I would actually use that I was going to a meeting so I could go drink. Yeah. Right? I would come back home with alcohol in my breath. She's like, my, my ex is like, I thought you went to a meeting. I was like... Yeah, it was no good, you know. Was just, you know, this was my behavior, and I, I just, no matter what I did, I could not stop. And now I know in my heart I just wasn't ready, you know. I really had to go through a shitstorm before I was ready. <laughs> yeah. Let me bring up uh, triggers with you guys. So, um, and this this might have to be, like, the probably the first... Because I think as you go to uh, to meetings, and as James and Dennis said, you know they go to one or two meetings a day, uh, pretty consistently, um, and as consistently as they can, you know. Yeah. So triggers do go away if you go to that many meetings. Those those things that that trigger you. My triggers were only people, places, and things. And I distanced myself until those triggers went away because then those people didn't uh, interact with me the same. Did you guys, the, the first holidays that you were sober, were there triggers and how did you deal with trying to stay away from 
anything that that frustrated you that kind of made you uh maybe even act maybe not want to drink but even act in a way of having those old uh character defects creep up yeah. of isolation well, maybe well for me it's you know my biggest triggers like you said like as you you know do the work and the obsession of drinking has dissipated that you learn to accept life on life terms if triggers don't become triggers anymore they just become whatever but i think especially early on it was not so much like the things that would piss me off or whatever you know it would my thing was like i would romanticize it Mm. you know i would see like my sister or family member or something drinking a glass of wine and i would think oh a nice glass of wine would think you know it's like would you have resentment against them because they can do um, it and you can't no not really but it was almost like you know you start building this image in your head it's like oh sitting watching the sunset after a nice mirror drinking a glass of red wine and all of this and then you know for me i had to remember that like that never happened you know what i'm saying i didn't have a glass of wine and enjoy the evening i would be like three four bottles in Mm. and then black out and wake up the next day going like oh i guess i had fun whatever and then feel like poop for a week um so i think like that's for me is i gotta be careful that i don't start romanticizing i gotta remember you know the agony of defeat rather than the the glory of victory because you know towards the end of my drinking there was no of those victories there's no enjoying those so i think that's the biggest trigger is when i forget that like where I came from, you know, and that I can easily go right back to it, you know. So, anything for you, James? Um, well, some of my triggers would be um, still uh, when people say, you know, hurtful things or say things about me that I know aren't true, but um, it could lead me into a like a kind of a hole, and I'll get self pity and. I'll just start, you know, my mind starts going crazy. But I do have tools uh, these days so I can get out of it. One is to call my sponsor uh, if I'm feeling negative. Um, I have, uh, I I start these little breathing techniques so I can get out of my mind. Um, Just counting the seven in and out. um, That helps a lot. Um, But... As far as like, you know, like I said, I work in a bar. I'm constantly getting alcohol all over my hands. Um, no, that's not true. I'm a very good bartender. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I smell it. And uh, I remember when I first started uh, in the first three months, you know, I have a bartender there. Um, and he, um, you know, they'd try their drinks if they're trying something new. And he'd always get me to try the drink. And I was like, no, I don't drink. And for like a week straight, he's like, here, try this one. Mm. He was like really like testing the waters. You know, that was, if I wasn't in a good place, that could have really like, oh, what's a little taste going to do? Absolutely. That's like torturous. So, I mean, that was like a week straight. And, you know, by the help of my higher power and just sticking to my guns, I didn't, I didn't fall victim to it, you know. And, um... It's it's a funny story because a couple months later, this same guy came up to me and he told me that he has a problem with alcohol and he doesn't know what to do. Hmm. And um, I've since had two other people come to me because early on uh, when I started working there, I had one of the other gentlemen that is in the same room with me 
or the, the rooms in the morning, the morning meetings. And he got a job at this place the same time I did. And he was all gung-ho, like, I'm sober. He told everyone. Oh, and guess what? James is an alcoholic, too, and he's sober. So wow. he totally broke my anonymity. And so what are you doing when that happens? I, you just smile. And don't, I didn't really say anything. Yeah. They came up to me. He's like, you don't drink? No. Oh, not on the new studio <laughs> table. Oh, man. Aww. James just spilled his coffee everywhere. Uh-oh. What's what that now? Great bartender. Is this, the equipment's probably going to be ruined at this point. It's all over the control board. Long story short, he is back there drinking again, and I'm still sober. Yeah. And um, Have you I, thought I, about reaching out? Or are you waiting for him to I reach, do reach out, out to you? To him. Yeah. I do reach out. And, um, you know, I just make sure, you know, in the two years I've been sober, I've seen a lot of people come in and out. But I've seen a lot of people stay. And, you know, there's a constant that I, I love. I see, I love seeing people's faces every morning and I, I just know they're going to be there. And um, I think that by him breaking my anonymity at the place we worked, I've been able to help a couple other people that otherwise wouldn't have known. Yeah. So it's... And it's really not a big deal, you know. I'm a bartender that doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. I don't test the product. I think that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I always look at uh, if you have triggers, you probably I, – I know that I'm probably thinking about myself too much. And I should probably be uh, of service to somebody else because I've never been triggered not thinking about myself because then that – uh, you know, I, unlike Dennis, uh, it hasn't happened in about a year and a half, but up until I was about three years sober, I would get in cases where I wouldn't be spiritually right. And I could feel a little, like I call it wonky. And if I'm walking around since we're in, uh, the most magical place where in celebration, Florida is so close to, uh, Disney, if I'm around Epcot, I would be pissed and everyone that was drinking. And that would still, and I guess that would be like romanticizing. But I would feel like, you know, it's so unfair. And um, drinking around you know, the world? Yeah, it's so, <laughs> so unfair. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't think about the time that I got so drunk drinking around the world and having a drink in every single country and then getting kicked out of a restaurant, refusing that I got kicked out running past where the waitress was and doing a juke move <laughs> to where I pushed her and she landed on a table and then I had to hide out so the cops couldn't find me. I wouldn't think about any of that. Yeah. You know? Instead, I would just think of, man, what a really fun time. What a really fun time and I can't be a part of it. Yeah. And if I'm not thinking about myself, none of those thoughts even come. So I will, I'll stop down and I'll make a, a gratitude list in my head quite frequently because that's what I need to do. And then I will be of service to somebody else. Yeah. And I'll make sure that anything that I can do, um, even just little things and holding a door or paying a compliment, if I see somebody uh, you know, uh, wearing a hat or a piece of clothing, I say, hey, nice shirt. And it's funny how it puts a smile on their face and those little compliments even if I don't like their stupid shirt. And I 
don't feel that way. If I just take a second of lifting somebody else up, it usually helps me. And there's a lot you can actually do on Thanksgiving, you know, to, uh, to do that. So as we're like a week away from it, uh, I know that making those uh, gratitude lists and um, if I am going to be triggered and going to a family member's house and family sometimes is a trigger for a lot of people, having a, an escape plan or an exit plan is I think the most important thing, you know, yeah. driving yourself so you don't have to rely on somebody else or just ha- if you don't have a license because, you know, a lot of people come into the rooms and they don't have a license anymore. Uh, just knowing that there's another way out. Yeah. You know? and I, th- I think like also when you're going into situations like that, don't be afraid to tell like people in your home group or your sponsor or whatever, like how you feel about it. Like mm-hmm. give them a heads up. Like, am I able to call you if I'm in the middle of dinner and I need to talk to someone and then don't be afraid to call them. Even if it's just to complain about your, your family member or something or vent about how you feel. And I think having those people on speed dial is a very good thing. And then also you touched on like get outside of yourself instead of thinking of like obsessing about what you're missing out on by not being able to drink or whatever. Think about what you can contribute it. You know, like Thanksgiving is, you know, it's a, it's a holiday with the spirit of giving and stuff. So really like take that to heart. If, if you know your family members in the kitchen doing dishes, go and help do dishes, take out the trash, clean up a little bit. And the more like little actions like that you do, the less you're going to be thinking about yourself. You're going to be focused on an activity that is contributing something good to the environment. And then, you know, that'll help not only you, but also help the whole family in the party. So. I like that. One thing that I've been working on the past year mainly is, uh, to be giving, but to be giving, especially when I don't want to be giving, mm-hmm. that's the true testament of how well you are spiritually. Because there's a lot of times where like, no, this is mine. I don't want to give it away. But you get like this little tug in your heart, like maybe you should give it away. And just like little things, like if I walk in uh, to work and I, I have an energy drink and someone's like, oh, you I love that energy. I'd be like, <laughs> here you go. Here Just you something go. like that. Note to self. <laughs> Buy two. Buy two. <laughs> well, I, I do now. I know. You know, just stuff like that. You know, knowing that my wife is going to come home tired and hungry and have the dinner laid out for her, ready to go. So all she has to do is heat it up in the microwave. Uh, making sure the dogs walk when it's not your day, you know, just stuff like that. It's just little tiny things over and over that keep your, your mind clear and your heart in a good place, you know. It's just, we got today, and uh, today I choose to be a good giving person. Nice. Thanks for the energy drink. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Let's wrap up with this, guys. Um, and I know we've kind of been touching upon it, but maybe like final words. What would you say to the person going through their first uh, holiday sober? Um, maybe out of everything, if there's one note uh, that each of you can kind of uh, give them a little, a little tip that you think is most valuable. Um, I would say remember to have fun you know remember to enjoy it laugh appreciate like the situation that you're in you know many people you know 
get sober and their family won't even talk to them or anything. So if you're beneficial enough to have a place to go, whether it's your family or coworkers or people in the fellowship that invite you over, be grateful for that. And remember that like it's a holiday. You don't have to take it so serious or whatever. You know, on top of everything else we said, I think like have fun, you know, enjoy it. I would say um, don't be alone if this is your first holiday, uh, sober. Uh, if you're in a city, chances are there's a clubhouse. There's an AA clubhouse. Uh, Google it. Um, they always have celebrations for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Um, there's so many good people in the rooms. All you have to do is, is call someone. More than likely, 9 out of 10 people will come and pick you up and take you there. So, you know, try to have fun. Get out of your mind. Do something nice for someone and be with the people who love you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, w- I would say definitely make a, like, uh, like they're saying, make a plan. Have a good time. That was uh, the gist of what you guys both said. Um, and know that, uh, you know, we, we've had great holidays the last several years without having a drink or a Absolutely, drug. Yeah. And it is possible. And if it doesn't seem possible today, just hang in another day. It'll, it'll, it'll all make sense. Um, you know, I know the stuff in my life that I have, I'm grateful that I have it because I'm not drinking. And uh, if I was, I wouldn't be grateful for anything and I wouldn't have anything. Um, so thank you guys for being here. And oh, who's Come that? in. Who's that? Hello. Hey, it's Mike hey. number two. Hey. Why How's are you going, coming man? into our studio? I was just walking by and I saw the studio door was on, but it said be quiet, so I was going to be quiet. Oh. Here I am talking. I'm Mike, by the way. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Hey, we, what are you guys talking We heard about? your story a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, staying sober uh, during the, the holidays. Do you have any notes you want to share with them? Your, your take? So, well, yeah. Thanksgiving is about a week away, so, um, you know, one thing I did, I remember going to my first Thanksgiving over um, at a neighbor's house, and I remember my mom saying, oh, no, don't don't uh, give him a beer. He's, he's three months sober. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, I don't want any attention, but I want all the attention all at the same time. It's a strange phenomenon I got going on here. Um, so what I did is I remember someone saying to me, is it true? Is it kind? Is it better left unsaid? Now, it was true. It was kind because she was just looking out for me. But what I wanted to say to her, I decided to, to use the third one. Was it better left unsaid? And I just smiled and laughed along with everyone else. Oh, he's trying to get sober. Good luck with that. But that was, you know, a long time ago and uh, not all that long ago, like six years ago or something. And, um, you know, to me, the holidays represent, you know, giving. I don't know if you guys talked about the giving part of this thing, but this whole program is, you know, that altruistic state. If I can help others, the next thing you know is I'm helping myself, you know. If I can let someone else off the hook, you know, I'm off the hook. All these kind of things. And as Mother Teresa says, um, constant thought of others. Um, and she also says something interesting. She says, to provide peace of mind for another provides peace of mind to myself, you know, and I think the holidays, we have an opportunity to help people by just showing up. And it's just really just another day at a time. You know, it's just another day, I mean, you know, one day at a time. You know, so to me, it just seems like, you know, the holidays are 
an opportunity. It's like, you know, someone told me I had a little situation happen and they said the teacher just arrived. So maybe, you know, as these holidays come up, these three, the, uh, what do they call them? The Bermuda Triangle or something, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas and New Year's, maybe this is the time to see, you know, where I need to work on some things and get to some meetings. That always helps. Thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so that was Mike M. You, 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 uh, yeah. Hey, thanks for being here, Mike. Um, you, you heard his story uh, three weeks ago. So uh, in closing, uh, have, a, uh, have a great Thanksgiving week. We will be back uh, next week on Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble, so, gobble. Uh, lots to be grateful for in the meantime. Back next Thursday, sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 11, where the defective character is entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, you never need to drink again. And we'll see you next time. Nice. Gobble, gobble. Bye. Is that an owl? It's, <laughs> it's like a turkey. Sounded, <laughs> sounded like an owl, Dennis. Gobble, gobble, gobble.